0: turn that down alright I'm gonna try now okay um so uh it's the holidays and yay
1: (laughs) (laughs) we faded mates think that there's nothing quite as wonderful as a holiday romance and there's
0: so many to choose from and there's so much better than the actual holidays
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's unfortunate but true I'm
0: a little grinchy
1: um, a little bit. I'm a lot grinchy yeah. all the time. Yeah.
0: It's my birthday right around the holidays too, so uh, yeah, it's just a lot, man.
1: <laughs> um, I love a holiday romance though, so I think that we should talk about the good things.
0: Yes. Um, I am a sucker for a holiday romance because I think that there's something the mythology of what a holiday should feel like, like that it should feel magical and like anything could happen is what makes these books so powerful, I think, because they play into that fantasy. And I think it actually gets more and more intense for me that fantasy as I get older and sort of see the way the sausage is made, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Christmas became a
1: lot less exciting once I realized that it was, like, about putting batteries in things. (laughs) And I think that most Christmas romances and most holiday romances, really, unless if a battery appears, it's in someone's vibrator, and
0: therefore, for a better purpose. (laughs) Agreed. So do you want to start? Do you want me to start? What do you want to do? Um...
1: actually because what you said about sort of like the way we used to think about um, sort of holidays when we were younger really strikes kind of one of the reasons I picked my first book which is called A Wedding One Christmas and the author's name is Therese Bahari and she um, is someone I follow on Twitter I actually uh, she's from South Africa and I listened to someone pronouncing her name so I could make sure I was getting it right so I hope I still did but um, this is a, a great i love this romance it is um have did you remember the movie before sunrise with ethan Hawke and julie delpy yes of course okay this book is the closest i have ever gotten to reading a book that captured the feeling of that movie for me
0: Oh, I know and so BRB I'm going to download it that's amazing so
1: it all takes place in this one 24 hour period and it's all talk 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 it's like kissing only it's not like super off the chart sexy it's just really intense emotionally and what happens is Angie is um Driving back home to Cape Town after a couple of years away, her father died and she, like, pretty much left immediately. She's really overcome with guilt for kind of like not sticking around to help her mom and her sisters, but it was just really emotionally fraught. And she stops in this little town that they used to go to as a family when she was younger and she stumbles into this wedding where she unfortunately is wearing a dress that is very similar to the dress the bridesmaids are wearing. And so everyone is really pressing her, like, go get in the photos what are you doing and she's (laughs) horrified and she like sort of like like sneaks away and ends up in this little um cafe where she meets our hero whose name is Ezra and he is actually like knows the people getting married but because he has had a really disappointing um He'd asked a woman to marry him, and she turned him down. He, like, kind of can't bring himself to go to the wedding. And these two have this, like, intense kind of 24-hour period where they just, like, hang out, and they go to this wedding, and they get caught in, like, a Christmas parade. And the one of the funniest moments in this book for me is um, there's a part where the, the town has a... Um, like a nativity play and they just pick rando randos like out of the the crowd to be to play the parts so there's no um (laughs) there's no script or anything and angie gets picked to play mary and the guy who plays joseph and it reminded me of a book i loved as a kid which was called the greatest christmas pageant ever do you, remember, mm-hmm. do you, do you read this no okay it's this you should read it to your daughter i don't think daughter. so at least it's this really funny story about these like bad kids in town who take over the town's christmas pageant but in this story angie gets up on stage and joseph is like i brought the wise men and she's like what's wrong with you you're bringing strangers into the house like i'm going to have a baby and you didn't even find a hotel room and I'm I was like, this is like the realest thing I have ever read. Like Mary giving Joseph a hard time for bringing in these strangers. Anyway, I just thought this book was so sweet and so charming and just really perfectly captures sort of the, I don't know, like our sadness and sorrow about our families and how hard it is to kind of face them around the holidays. And yet when you fall in love you find the strength to like face those challenges. And I think
0: it's delightful. That sounds delightful. I haven't read that, but I'm going to. I'm going to download it for the holidays this year. Oh, is it? Is that a full length book? Or is it?
1: It's the only one. And I want to talk about why so many of these stories are novellas, because I feel like it's sort of a struggle to find a full length kind of Christmas themed book or holiday themed book.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it depends, right? I, I think there are a lot of small-town contemporary – I feel like every small-town contemporary author has done her holiday novella – or her holiday book, um, and most of them do them every year, right? Like there's a new holiday Christmas book by Debbie Macomber every year. But I do think that novellas – I think novellas lend themselves really well to the holidays, especially to Christmas, right? So – Um, and, but really to everything I think about, um, there was a, an anthology of, um, Hanukkah stories that came out a few years ago. Um, and I think the part, I think there are a few things. One, I think novellas tend to really only work if the two people did not, um, if the two people know each other at the beginning of the book. Right? right. So the holidays kind of lend themselves to that naturally because you're going to be like in a space with a family or with people who you know. Um, and then, like I said before, there's this sort of magical influence, this kind of faded mates style experience where like these two people are thrust together at the holidays. Um, and they already know each other and maybe they hate each other, hated each other and maybe it's like best friend's older brother or, you know, sister's best friend home from the holidays or home for the holidays from school, like whatever it is. It sort of thrusts people into proximity. I think there are things like snowstorms that happen over the holidays traditionally that can lend themselves to this. But actually, the reason why I think holiday romances and holiday novellas are so perfect and why they work so well in short form is because traditionally for those of us who do write romances regularly and long-form romances regularly a holiday novella is a place where we can um, give people a glimpse at the world that they have been seeing and maybe a character who wouldn't necessarily get a full book oh that's such a
1: good point so
0: i think the the book that i want to talk about is an old school romance for me. Um, So for the future, because I know I'm going to use this term over the course of, you know, the entire podcast. But for me, old school, when I say old school romances, I'm talking about romances that were written before the year 2000. And someday we can talk about why that's the year. I don't think it's arbitrary, but we'll get there sometime. Someday we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll do an old school interstitial.
1: Definitely would love that.
0: But since I was like 15 or 16, I have read... This particular anthology called "A Holiday of Love," um, in back in the day, Pocket, which is a division of Simon and Schuster, um, it, it would produce once a year a kind of four-author anthology, and it was always a Christmas, and it always had like ivy or like or holly or bells or something on the cover, and it had like Judith McNaught in like the biggest <laughs> font <laughs> possible. <laughs> and Jude Devereaux in like the biggest font possible or Linda Howard in the biggest font possible. And then it would sort of, then there would be two other authors who were either who were either very well known and just not as huge as McNaught, Devereaux, Howard, or not well known at all. And it was sort of the fourth author was usually very much not well known. And so it was really a way to boost her visibility um, for in this particular case, historical romances. Anyway, A Holiday of Love um, does what I was talking about with these sort of fam- favorite characters or favorite families. In this anthology, the story that I come to... Every year, the one that I come back for every year, there are two. And the first one is Judith McNaught's Miracles. Um, those of you who have heard me talk about old school romances or heard me talk about my influences as a writer, know that McNaught is the sort of queen of my writing past Um she's why I came to romance she's why I loved romance and when I write I try very hard to channel the way she makes me feel in text um miracles is also an epistolary love story um oh interesting interestingly not between the hero and heroine um the heroine is trying she's young and she is supposed to be married and she's um she doesn't want to get married and so she decides she's going to find somebody to help her ruin h- herself um, and she finds this kind of rakish guy at a ball, at a holiday ball and um, she intends to just ruin herself by like dancing three dances with him or like drinking too much champagne and like going out into the onto the balcony with him, like just enough to make her no longer perfect and he's so drawn to her, he ends up taking her back to his bedroom And um, they're having they have this like intense emotional moment and somebody knocks on the door and it's her mother and her mother is like you've been caught you have to get married and he is livid livid because he believes she's trapped him. She did this on purpose and so he marries her and then he brings her to his house in the country and leaves her there. Oh. And I
1: hate them and I love those stories. I know,
0: I know. He's so mad and he leaves her there and she's literally just there for like years. And then um one and she read this and her grandmother who she was very close to dies and she's all all she has is this like she writes letters to her grandmother just about like everything all day cuz she has no friends. She's no she's so lonely like she's her life is ruined and then one day like five or six days before Christmas um, she receives news that he's coming for Christmas with his mother and father and his mother's very sick and her last wish before she dies is that like he proof that he'll that he's happy. So he comes it's a little bit of a fake relationship story too because he comes to the to the house for Christmas and basically says you have to love me. You have to pretend that you love me for Christmas, the week. And they fake it in the moment in front of the parents. And it's all so wonderful. And he's like the most loving, like funny, clever, smart, sexy husband. And then the moment the parents leave the room, he just shuts it down and is cold as ice. And she's falling for him. She's falling for the person that he is in front of his parents. And it is devastating. Oh, that sounds so good. And also amazing. Well,
1: and I think I actually think a lot of novellas do have that fake engagement kind of angle or the fake, right, because you're you want to like sort of make your family happy. And it seems like the path of least resistance is to like sort of just give them the illusion of your happiness right so i also think that these stories really lend themselves sometimes to that plot as well i can think of a bunch of them that have that um there's one a great one by cecilia grant a delightful christmas novella called a christmas gone perfectly wrong that sort of traffics in that same trope like in this case they have to hide who they really are because they shouldn't be traveling together and they are so I think that um that's another thing like sometimes these holiday novellas get like mashed up with this other really appealing trope of um we are faking it for someone else
0: so that they will believe that we are um you know that we're happy Sure. Well, there's also such a suspension of disbelief, right, that comes with holidays. Like when you write a it 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 allows all the tropes, all the like sticky delicious tropes that we're going to talk about over the course of this podcast, you know, to be sort of elevated and heightened to this fever pitch and then you set it against a holiday where, you know, there is a sort of sense of magic happening potentially. Yes. Um and and it's it, It makes it really special I'm thinking about there's a new anthology that's coming out the beginning of December it'll it'll be out when this podcast drops called Reindeer Games um, with Tracy Livesey and Charlotte Stein and Helen K. Diamond and Eve Dangerfield and Andy Christopher and Adriana Anders like huge names in the genre Tamara Lush Kelly Mayer Um, and the the conceit is at every single one of these stories is a Snowden story that's amazing. I mean, we love Snowden stories because it's forced proximity, and um, you know, it it's it's a magnificent way of keeping two people on the page and really forcing them to fall in love fast. So again, romance novellas, also you can't deny the fact that novellas make it easy are easier for the holidays because people are very busy. And so like, it's a quick read. Well, and that
1: reminds me, one of my favorite anthologies is, it's called Silver Bells. And um, what I like about it is all of the characters are over 40. And they're not all Christmas stories either. One of my favorites in the anthology is called A Taste of Blessings um, by Suleika Snyder. And it is the story of, and, and I love sort of a, like, I went back home. And my, you know, the main character, Tia, sort of goes back to suburban Ohio and her family is so disappointed in her how how come she's the age she is and she still isn't married and um she you know sort of hits it off with this with this man at like uh, you know this uh, like a like a kind of a really big overwhelming Bengali holiday event so in that case it's not like snowed in it's not the trope that it has in common but rather that all of the characters are um are, you know, aren't 25 or that they're, you know, older people that are still finding love.
0: And I really like that too. I'm so glad that you brought something up that's not Christmas. Um, because I think for sure, most of the holiday romances that we talk about are Christmas. And that's just because, you know, romance. Um, but there are, and also because there are so few, um, there are very few holiday romances that fall on non-religious holidays too. Um, and I Really love Tiffany Rice's Her Naughty Holiday. Um, Tiffany wrote for Harlequin Blaze, I think it's a trilogy. I think it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, right? Yes, it it is. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. I don't know. But it's Halloween, Halloween, right? Yeah. Um, And this one is the Thanksgiving one. And it's real great. (laughs) guys. I read it. um, I... I don't know when it came out, but I read it after the election. So it it might have been 2017 that I read it. Um, But so the heroine is just miserable about Thanksgiving. Like she doesn't want to deal with her crazy family. She – Um, like, uh, she knows that the moment everybody sits down around the table, like, she is going to, it is going to immediately be, it's, her name is Clover, and it's immediately going to be, like, the sort of, like, let's talk about everything that is bad about Clover moment, and, like, who among us has not dreaded that meal? Absolutely. Uh, and so she's basically, like, I'm going to bring home a fake boyfriend, this goes back to the fake, the fake relationship story right i'm gonna bring home a fake boyfriend and he's gonna help me sort of sort this out and so she brings home this like hot (laughs) contractor like a hot like he like is a construction worker and he's like delicious and he's
1: like basically a single father to his daughter right
0: yeah and and like he's pretty much like okay that's fine but we have to bone (laughs) In classic Tiffany fashion, he's like, I will come and be your perfect like boyfriend, but we're going to bone later. A,
1: a lot of boning in classic a Tiffany fashion. A lot of it. Like
0: this is a Blaze book, but it could have been significant. It could have not been a Blaze book. It could have been, you know, whatever, whatever's bigger than Blaze, hotter than Blaze.
1: Inferno. <laughs> I would like to have a job naming the lines, right? <laughs>
0: Inferno. Harlequin Inferno. You know, it's funny, something we should do, you know, we should also do like a like a category day, because I, I would have be so many category sure. romances that I adore, and I don't feel like they ever too. get the attention that they deserve. I'm gonna put it on the list right now. do it right now so then so, but basically, the best part about this, and you know the joy of this book, there are a lot of things to love about this book. again, it's like if fake engagement is your kink, this is here. If Tiffany's sexy parts are your kink this is here but um what i love about this so this thanksgiving dinner she just kicks everyone out because they're all being assholes and she's just like i don't want to deal with you anymore and like there is a moment while you're reading it where you're thinking wait is this a thing we can do yes absolutely (laughs) it's the most fantastical fantasy like it is hotter than any other fantasy. (laughs) yeah yes, I've ever right. read
1: in a romance I could just level. make them all leave and be by myself on Thanksgiving this is a possibility <laughs> <laughs> and then they bone oh yeah absolutely so. <laughs> and it's an amazing book actually it is fantastic and actually you know what I wrote a whole and I will put it in the show notes a whole post for the book queen about because I was like no one ever writes Thanksgiving romances and I did a ranking of like top Thanksgiving romances and it pretty sure it was I don't think it won there's a very but it was like one of my top two so I will post that in the show notes so we can read about it
0: this is why I'm so glad you and I are doing this because like I feel often I feel I read a book a day like I feel like I have a really great overview of the genre but like I feel like you just are constantly recommending books to me that I have either never read or never heard of like I can't think of another Thanksgiving romance
1: uh I read a quite a few so you'll be excited to read about them. <laughs> will um let me talk about one more um one more novella which I um I really loved. It's by Jenny Holiday and it's called Merrily Ever After. And I want to talk about um one of the, it's also about family because in this in this novella it's actually kind of the second part of a novella that um, started the the story of Jay and Elise and it's part of her bridesmaids behaving badly series which I stand for pretty much twenty four seven like stop me on the street and ask me about a book and I might talk about Jenny Holiday. And I was really nervous about this book because the setup of their first novella, um, which was called Once Upon a Bride, um, is that they meet and that Jay does not want to be a parent ever. And that she thinks she can 't have kids, she has a really bad case of endometriosis, which is one of the fir- one of the few novels I can think of where like a woman 's menstrual cycle plays such a huge role and it 's like such a big part of our lives, and it just isn 't a big part of romance. And um, it's debilitating. And so she doesn't think she can ever get pregnant. So they, they, they get married and they're going to move on. And, and it's clear, though, that she really is sad about this, that she'll never be a mother. And, um, and she kind of keeps this from him because she thinks there won't ever be a chance. And I will tell you, I, I have a lot of friends who are like, I don't want to be a parent. And I was really dreading sort of some, like a story where Jay, like, is suddenly fine with the thing that he'd spent his whole entire life thinking he didn't want to do, right? So this book starts with her kind of miraculously becoming pregnant, and um, and they're married. So it's also, I love a romance that deals with a couple who's already in a relationship facing a new challenge. And I really was kind of worried that I would think like, oh, this, it's just like magically fixed. And it didn't feel that way at all. Um, I think that it really shows that like people change. Um, that in a marriage you're going to face an unexpected choice or crisis or something's going to happen that you didn't expect to happen and how you each deal with it and then how you deal with each other dealing with it is a really big part of believing that a couple can truly have an HEA and um, I just thought this this book was so wonderful and the Christmas part is you know like that that Um, Elise just keeps like wishing that it would snow that somehow like they'd and you know what she's really wishing for is that like kind of magical dusting that's gonna like fix all this but instead it's their like hard work (laughs) and they're talking to their friends and their family that like helps them realize um, kind of the path forward and I I think it's again like one of those romances that's really like this is what romance should do like really show us people who like, this is a real struggle between them. And yet, um, because they love each other, they are able to, like, move forward and, and, and find a way that they're both happy. But I was really happy as a reader, too, um, that it felt like Jay sort of, like, he's like a real jerk at first, right? But it, you understand why and you're not mad at him. And then, like, the way they come around to, like, sort of
0: figuring out how to be together. And I thought it was really wonderful. I love that because I also think that, again, sort of going back to this idea of the holiday, the holiday mythology, the holiday magic, being a part of a love story, it feels like it just adds another layer of, and of course, they'll be happy together because it happened, you know, they did all this hard work and they fell for each other in this, you know, holiday moment, This in with this magic around them.
1: and. We've talked about sort of like the baby epilogue and this is like a baby epilogue that felt really qualitatively different than just like and then they were happy with a baby. It was like, oh, now their lives are really going to
0: change and that's going to mean something. Well, I feel I should also say that I wrote a his a holiday book this year. <laughs> you should say that. Another holiday anthology. I got together with... Three other incredible authors, um, Tessa Dare, Sophie Jordan, Joanna Shoup, and I um, just put out an anthology called uh, How the Dukes Stole Christmas, and we're very happy with it.
1: I read Joanna Shoup's story already. Awesome. And it, like... <laughs> It's awesome, but it like it made me so mad, right? Like it really like it was wonderful.
0: Like it was the kind of thing where you're like, Oh, this is pushing all of my buttons and I'm loving this yeah, experience. But that's what Joanna does. She takes the whole genre and then she just flips it right upside down and then she says, Now we're gonna do this. And it's really magnificent. If you're interested in like reading around the edges of romance, like the if you're you're interested in looking at, at ways like people subvert tropes, Joanna's your person for that. Um, each one of the novellas in this anthology is loosely based on a famous holiday movie. Um, so Tessa's is uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Mine is Scrooged. <laughs> um, nice. Sophie's is Home Alone. And Joanna's is Christmas in Connecticut. So if you're into holiday movies and you're looking for something to read after the book, the movie is over, um, maybe How the Duke Stole Christmas will be your thing. It was my thing. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to hear that. And Joanna will be too.
1: All right, everybody. Um, We would love to hear more about your recommended holiday romances and reads. We are always looking for recommendations for future interstitial episodes and things you'd like us to recommend and talk about. Um, Please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and have a very happy holiday and a wonderful new year.